Hello, hello, welcome back. It's Tony here for another episode of Leading Women in Tech. I'm delighted that you're here. And remember, if you are listening in your favorite podcast player and you would like to see this, we are now on YouTube. So come on over, join the Tony Collis channel on YouTube and come and watch Leading Women in Tech in action. It's really good when I've got guests on, actually. You get to meet my guests. That's kind of cool. So what's going on around here? Well, it is now April. It's warming up, which is a big deal in Scotland. <laughs> At the time of recording this, because I record a little bit ahead, we've had some March snow. It's been cold. It's been wet. It's been a bit, oh, I'm, I'm done with winter. I love winter, but I'm done with winter. I'm ready for the daffodils. I'm buying daffodils for my house. Daffodils are just thinking about opening outside right now. I'm a daffodil girl. I love them. So I'm delighted it's warming up. But more important than that, it's April, which means it's boot camp month. What do I mean? <laughs> well, in Lit Up Leisure Academy, my favorite leisure program, my soul, my life's work, what I feel like I was put on this planet to do, even though I love coaching, but I feel like Lit Up Leisure Academy just takes that to a whole new level. We are embarking on a eight-week boot camp for getting hired. I've been listening to you. I've heard your frustrations. The layoffs are real. Even if you've not been laid off yourself, those of you job hunting, whether you're in a job or between jobs and looking for the next thing, the layoffs mean that it's a busy market. Now, what I will say is people are getting hired. Just last week, one of my clients got a job offer that she's accepted. She's turned down two others because they didn't work for her. Offers are coming. People are getting hired. I will be completely honest. I have other clients job hunting who haven't been hired yet. Like It's not that this is a perfect thing. You're all going to magically get hired straight away. But there are plenty of jobs out there and I really want to get that home. And so we are doing a Get Hired Bootcamp in April and May. It's an eight-month event. It's taking place inside Lit Up Leisure Academy. So if you join us for the bootcamp, you are going to be inside Lit Up Leisure Academy, a monthly membership, all things career and leadership. But we're running a special event as part of it. So you have access to all the training and coaching that we normally do, all our normal events. And in addition, this bootcamp focus. If you're interested in joining Lit Up Leisure Academy, but you're not interested in the bootcamp, that's still fine. All the other stuff will be going on. But each month we have a focus. And for the next two, it's the Getting Hired Bootcamp. We've just wrapped up Strategy Month. Oh my God, that was so much fun. <laughs> I love strategy. And you can get the replays of that if you join as well. So I would invite you to come join us if you are looking to get hired. But let's dig into today's topic, time management and productivity for great leadership. Oh, one of those topics people love to hate. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. As an executive leader, you will need to manage your time incredibly well. Every executive knows time management is important and highly effective leaders know the importance of scheduling time for themselves and for their teams. If you aren't proactive about your time, it can be so easy to let those things like emails, meetings, 
and all the other important work get backed up and it may be perceived by your team that you're unavailable to them. Or worse than that, you don't do the strategic work that is the expectation as a leader. We all know the importance of time management. There's so much information on the internet about different time management strategies, from time blocking to the Pomodoro method. But oftentimes we become resistant to time management. In fact, I've heard from enough of you to know that a lot of the audience of this podcast resists time management tactics. So maybe I'm foolish in this episode. Maybe you're all going to skip over it, but stick with me here. (laughs) If you are like this, this may be the last podcast topic you want to listen to. Time management on the surface of it is very straightforward as a concept. But our resistance to time management is partly down to the fact that a lot of us just struggle with it. Sometimes we underestimate how long it takes to complete a task, even if we've done the task many times before. And so we get discouraged. People say, I don't have the time to time manage. I'm like, "Mm, there's there's a problem there we need to dig into. And I've heard people say, well, part of the problem is that when I sit down and do this and I estimate it's going to take longer than I think I can do it without doing that. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That means your estimations are off. People also may not understand the real value of time. Possibly scrolling through your social media is a classic one, right? We do this to avoid Monday tasks. I have been a bit under the weather in the last couple of weeks and I've been getting very tired in the evenings because my body's like needing a lot more sleep. And it's fascinating. I'll get to the end of the working day and I'll be just scrolling. I'll just be procrastinating on stuff. I know if I do this thing, it'll take me 15 minutes to get it done. But I'm looking at my email. I'm scrolling through notifications. I'm looking at everything other than that 15 minute task because I'm burnt out in some way. My body is not capable of doing stuff. And so, for example, I think there's a stat out there that says social media can take an average of 12 hours a week that we could be better used for completing important tasks. Now, there's a place for these things. I actually think scrolling through social media is not the world's worst thing. I think the problem is when we say we don't have time for time management and yet we're doing this, there's a psychological problem at play that we need to identify. And then we throw in the recent shift to hybrid and work from home situations and it can be a real struggle. And it's also this struggle, which is why some managers are still resisting this trend, which drives me nuts, actually. (laughs) I think work from home is in general a really good idea. However, there are more personal distractions at home and it can be difficult to separate personal distractions from work requirements. The positive for managers is that workers actually work longer hours. I don't think that's a positive, but managers see it as that. They work longer hours on average and achieve more. And that is bad news for us as individuals, though. I want you to achieve more, but I don't want you to do it by working longer so that you're effective as you were when you were in the office. I actually think working from home has a massive ability to make us more effective because we're less likely to get accosted unexpected times that derails our trains of thought. We have more control over how we engage with things. Now, the downside of that, of course, is that we don't have the water cooler chats, we don't have the coffee chats, the spontaneous things that everybody's like lamenting that we don't have. But I think you can bring those in. But what I want to get to here is that actually working from home should make us more efficient. And yet because of our resistance to managing our time, some of us, that's not the case. Now, good time management is essential for exceptional leaders. I'm hoping I'm painting this picture. As I said earlier, maintaining poor time management skills where you're always trying to get caught up on invites, your team starts believing that you're unavailable to them, which can affect your rapport with your team. It also ultimately affects the bottom line as poor time management leads to wasted time. 
it leads to you doing less strategic thinking. And ultimately, it costs businesses tons of money annually, poor time management. There has been a recent trend, it breaks my heart this, but a recent trend of various very expensive CEOs who've done layoffs saying that a lot of the people that were laid off were doing fake work. And I'm like, hmm, one, you don't understand your business, but two, I do wonder whether or not that's because the time management wasn't in place and we're therefore wasting time. We're busy, busy, busy not doing the right things because a lot of time management is making sure we're doing the right things. Fake work, there is actually a definition of fake work, but a lot of the time fake work is the paper shuffling, it is the emailing, it is the things that we feel like we need to be doing, but don't actually move the needle. But if you don't do it, people complain at you. You haven't been in Slack today. You haven't answered your email. Doesn't actually get the job done though. The fact that the further you go in your career, the less you can keep in your head is really important here. It isn't that you're getting older. It isn't that you're, I mean, we are getting older. <laughs> but the reason you're struggling to keep everything in your head is because you've got more responsibilities and more knowledge irrespective of whether or not you've had a promotion and you've progressed in your career, you know more things, which means less stuff can stay in here, right? <laughs> There's like only so much you can keep in your head. So we have this thing, oh, I'm getting old, I can't keep it all in my head. Uh, but we're still using the time management techniques from our early 20s where we didn't have as much in our heads. And so we could just remember the last five things we were told to do and we don't write it down. That does not work once you get to a certain point in your career irrespective of your level of responsibility because it's to do with absorbing information over your career. And so we come back to deciding how to use your time. You need to practice over and over how you use your time. That might sound odd, stick with me. You could do an internet search for tips, tricks and hacks and time management. Hey, I have an ebook on this. <laughs> like, But if you are not implementing those things every day, it's not going to work out for you. The people who don't figure this out are the people that end up burning out because they think the only way to get promoted is to do more, but in more time, spend more time doing things and do more of the same without changing. But this isn't true at all. And exceptional leaders realize that this model does not work. And so this is really about learning the techniques right now. Earlier in your career, the techniques that are going to set you up for that long-term success, which is how you become a C-level executive or an extraordinary thought leader, irrespective of how experienced you are. Rather than allowing your career to happen to you and allowing the things that you do day to day to happen to you, you need to take action. You need to be proactive. Time management is as much about being proactive as anything else. I've talked about this in Lit Up Leadership Academy extensively. And we had a February focus on time management where I had my students do a refresh of the various time management tools we talk about all the time in there. Now, this isn't something I make everybody do. We just like to have a, a monthly focus. As I said, April and May, we're focusing on getting hired. February was about time management. It was all material they've already seen, but we just had a refresh because it's really important to do a refresh every now and then and just check in on how am I doing. So in the February refresh, I guided Academy members through four principles of time management for exceptional leaders, which I want to cover with you today. Principle one, you control your time, no one else does. <laughs> you really need to think about pushing back and holding time for the things that really matter and not reacting to your inbox all the time. I'm a big fan of time blocking for emails, messaging, urgent and important work meetings, and even items on my to-do list. Principle two is all about planning as the best way to ensure you deliver. 
one of the ways to do your time blocking is by planning your time blocking. It's a bit of a mouthful. I think part of that is planning your week, planning your days, being proactive in your plans for what things you're going to attend, taking your professional development goals and your objectives, key results, KPIs, and building that into your agenda for the next few weeks. Otherwise, we run the risk of getting to the end of the quarter and you've made no progress on your quarterly objectives and KPIs and you're panicking, right? What if you plan to do work every week? And I, I'm not a natural person to like do this. I'm one of these people, I get something, I like to work on it straight away and get it done. At this point in my career, I'm a CEO now, of course, I, there's so much for me to do. I can't just get it all done. I have to plan it out. And by the way, I don't have an executive assistant. I want one. <laughs> but right now I'm investing in coaches, not executive assistants for me. That might be a mistake. I want an executive assistant to help me manage my time. But actually, it's my responsibility to manage my time. If I get an executive assistant, it's more a form of accountability on me. And somebody who's going to be like, this is what we're doing and protecting my time. I have to figure this out first. And as a CEO, I have things I want to do in the next year that if I don't start planning it out, they're never going to start being worked on. So rather than just having a long to-do list, which was my way to do this for a long time, <laughs> where you never look at those long-term goals until somebody's nagging you for them, which by the way, as you get higher up in your career, the only feedback you're going to get is bad feedback. So you're not going to get the great feedback, well done, pat on the back. You're going to hear where's that thing I told you about two quarters ago when it's overdue and late. So you've got to figure this out before you get to the level where you're not getting that. So how are you getting on with that thing I sent you last week? Because it's just not going to happen. You're just going to be expected to deliver. And you're going to have a hundred things you're expected to deliver. What I'm really talking about with principle two is ensuring that success. Principle two is about planning your way forward. I teach a process in Lit Up Leadership Academy called the Monday Planning Hour, where I encourage everybody to plan their weeks every Monday and learn to time block, how to deal with the fires that come up every day, learning how to plan for the unexpected, as well as planning for the expected. Having a day-by-day -day routine and having an end-of-day routine where you plan your time and plan what you're going to do, and then you need an accountability in order to get there, it's all part of this process. But really remember that planning is part of the way forward. Accountability is a very long conversation though and isn't the topic of today's podcast but I want you to be learning accountability and the best thing is self-accountability in order to do this whole planning process. Principle three is to use habits to build time-friendly routines. The art of habit building is so incredibly important and a lot of what we're talking about here is time blocking, saying no to meetings. These are habits. Habits and boundaries provide good results Holding boundaries is about having good habits rather than bad habits. Many of us have bad habits all the time, right? <laughs> Myself included. We check our phones first thing in the morning, which is really bad for our productivity and my time management because it derails our mindset early in the day and our brain will be continuously looking for that source of dopamine that you get when you look at your phone. For you to control and plan your time, you need the habits that facilitate that. You need the habit of having planning successions that allows you to use principle too. You need the habit of time blocking to check your inbox and Slack and anything else. Your goal with habits is to build really good habits and good habit building is an art form. We don't have time in a single episode to go through habit building, but I'd recommend reading books such as Atomic Habits by James Clear or Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg because it's worth recognizing that productivity 
and time management are required to build really good habits. Go read those books and ask yourself where you are struggling to adhere to this new plan if you've done your planning. If you've planned to do something on Monday, but it's now Thursday and you haven't done anything, where is it that you're struggling? What habits do you need to bring in in order to adhere to those things? Habits are going to be your life source when it comes to a great future because habits make it easier to do the hard work. Then the fourth and final principle of time management is getting your mindset right first. Time management requires a great mindset. And in order to accomplish the first three principles, you need to be in a great headspace. You need to believe that it's fine to hold boundaries and that it's fine to not say yes to everything. I recently did an episode on how holding your boundaries actually gives you more freedom. So if you miss that, I recommend going back and listening to episode 136. You need to have the mindset that this is going to unlock your future career rather than hold it up. You need the mindset that the fires that arise during the day can wait until this afternoon. Nobody's going to die. Well, I hope you're not in that kind of role. (laughs) Work to improve your mindset around confidence, around how the world is not going to end if you don't drop everything and do this one thing. It's going to be okay. In holding firm to your boundaries, you will realize that nobody's going to come after you and your career won't be damaged. In fact, quite the contrary. I would suggest the best way to change your mindset around these routines and to really allow these routines to serve you is to practice them for a minimum of three weeks and monitor your productivity. Track how much you deliver in those three weeks and actually look at what happens that's going to do amazing things through mindset. Remind yourself during those three weeks that it takes a long time to build habits. Over the three weeks, see how you get on with your mindset. It really is going to do great things, but if you're not able to see changes, in something, then it's okay to walk away from this if it doesn't work for you. And bonus principle is deep work. Everything I've just described is really about setting you up to time block time where you do the stuff that's really cognitively challenging. That is deep work. The concept of deep work, when you get into this flow zone where you're thinking hard thoughts and getting extraordinary work done, it was coined by author Cal Newport. Although Cal Newport recently coined the term, we've been doing it for years, right? Not a new idea. Deep work is about being proactive rather than doing work based on your inbox or incoming messages or meetings. This particular tactic of being reactive is never going to get you to the strategically important long-term frame, long-term frame work. It's a destructive habit in that sense because you'll be doing the stuff that people are asking you for and then you're going to get to your monthly, quarterly reviews and realize you've not done the important stuff. You've just done the urgent, noisy stuff. So you'll learn how to push back. As always, let's wrap up with a little bit of a mindset insight. I did mention that mindset underpins all of this, this principle four, but let's have another one. Most leaders don't do deep work because they struggle and don't learn how to do deep work. Most of us got this beaten out of us early in our career because we spent all day in meetings, which is counterproductive for deep work. One of the things I do with all of my clients when I first start working with them is ask them, so how much time do you spend in meetings? Even with C-level executives, I try and get that down to 50% of their office time spent in meetings so they can spend at least 30% doing deep work and another 20% in triage of planning, emails, all those things, but no more than 50% in meetings. Even for a C-level executive, attending meetings for that long isn't the best way to spend time because you need to do deep work. But if you truly want to be exceptional, you want great productivity. You need to build that space in your time, in your calendar for deep work. I hope these four principles and the bonus one of getting your time management back on track has helped you today and feeling motivated, maybe less resistant on time management. 
As an executive leader, getting your time management on point is going to be crucial for your progression and growth, your team and your company. It takes time and consistent practice. And if something isn't working out after practicing it for a while, remember to take that step back and try something different. But do give it the time it needs to work. Now remember, as always, in addition to time management, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.